So yesterday we started talking about Abraham's faith for our inheritance. Amen. And uh, I, I want to make sure we explore as much as we can on this topic because when you think about it, everything that we need and want, desire in God's kingdom must be delivered to us through faith. And uh, without it, it's impossible to please him. You can't get around it. You can't, like, skip this lesson and go on to something you like better because faith is everywhere in the word. Everywhere that you see God interacting with people, it was a faith interaction. And so when he, you know, the Bible tells us that those who are of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham, you know, we all want to start claiming our goodies and, oh, I'm blessed with Abraham. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, well, what did he get? And, you know, we look in the word and, and see all the things that, that he received from God. But then you have to understand there was a method that, that had to go through. So there's a process it has to go through in order to receive it. You know, you just don't, uh, read a scripture and get happy about it, jump up and down and say that's mine and that's the end of the story. There is a process and a relationship with God that has to be respected and it has to be followed if we're going to have the Abraham results. And it is possible for us to have all the things that he had. It is totally possible for us to have that relationship with God. It's totally possible for us to uh, uh, perform as he did, to overcome the things he overcame, to do the things that he did, all of that. It's totally, totally possible. And so we're, we're going to look at a little bit more again today, and, and hopefully we can um, see where our way through to understand that this faith is already working inside of us. Amen. And that if we explore how it works and how it worked through this one man, I think we can get a good clear footing on how to exercise the same faith that was delivered to the saints. Amen. This came to us in a package deal. Uh, it's a complete package. There's not anything <clears throat> of weak faith, little faith. It's all strong faith. Amen. It's not. Uh, you know, like when we look through the Bible and we say, oh, ye of little faith and all that. Well, well, that was before the cross. That was before this faith was delivered to the saints. Amen. You look at those same people after Jesus was raised from the dead and you see a completely different set of people. Amen. You see a completely different scenario. You see a people who don't falter, don't waver. Why? Because this faith was perfected for them at the cross. Amen. And so it, once it's perfected, when we see what it did for Abraham, and that was before the law was instituted with the curse on it. So you see Abraham really living a curse-proof life, so to speak, in a way, before the law instituted. The Bible says where there is no law, there is no transgression. That's why he could continue to play pimp my wife when he got scared and brothers, you know, eyeballing his wife and wanting to hit on her. And he said, you know what? You my sister today. All right. That's like when you go to the, the, the dance with the, the ugly boy, you say, now when we get there, you go your way, I go mine. And when it's time to go home, we meet up again. True. 
that's been handed down too from generation to generation. And so Abraham didn't like them dudes, you know, looking at his old lady. You know, like where where men nowadays, they want you to look and they don't tell you that. I mean, we Christians and all that, but we want what was not saved, right? They want you to be the prettiest girl at the dance and every man, when you come in, they go, and the brother go, you know, and he go like that and then put his hand you know, like he ain't really reaching for nothing, but if he, you know, I would reach for my piece, but I left it in my car. Amen. Uh, well, in Abraham's day, he didn't have no piece to reach for. He had to, he had to throw her overboard. Some ain't right. But he was her survivor. That's how he survived. And he didn't really have a relationship with God to rely on, but God started teaching him. But up until the time where God told Abraham, he said, I'm going to visit you and your wife this time next year. Next thing you look, Abraham back at it again. So he wasn't a perfect man by any means. He's like me and like you. Amen. Struggling to figure it out. Staying in your word as much as you can, staying faithful to God, doing the best you can. But still, God began to work with him through relationship. And I believe that relationship really is the key to everything. And God works with us the same way if we'll let the process happen. Amen. He will work with you and me the same way to get us to the point where our our um, our faith will take on a new dimension. Amen. It it will explode. Amen. It will through relationship. Praise God. Praise God. Miss Vicky, the Lord wants me to give you you and your husband a word. You know, He just wants you to know that He He said you're going to see a change in your faith. He said your faith is going to explode very quickly, and the Lord said you're going to find yourself doing some things. In the natural, in the real realm that you have dreamed about doing in a spiritual realm, that you have seen visions and thoughts of yourself doing certain things for God as far as ministering to people is concerned. He said your faith is going to be such that you there will be no barriers to you contacting people, getting their confidence, getting their attention, getting their their desire for you to to minister words of life to them. And that you're going to see it explode because it's been bottled up, he said, and hemmed up long enough. And this is your season for the explosion. Amen. He's going to make up everything you guys have been looking for and wanting for and desiring to do for him. So he's going to take care of that for you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I like explosive faith. Amen. Amen. That way you can't fix it up and you can't stop it. <laughs> Try to make it purdy for the occasion. Yeah, just let God work. Amen. Praise God. Well, Lord, we just thank you for that. And we bless this couple that they will obey you and they're going to let this faith work and they're going to do your will and minister to masses of people nonstop in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. Amen.
So God wants us. He wants to work with us in relationship to perfect this faith. Amen. It, it has to be perfected because we're coming from a place of unbelief, of doubt, just like Abraham was. We can all identify with him. You know, getting to a situation where you, you, you have to move quickly and move suddenly because of bad conditions where you're at. He faced famine and he had to move to a strange land where he didn't have all of the security that he had during his, his, his normal pattern of life. And whenever you have to move suddenly, there comes a, 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 a barrage of spirits to keep you from making the right move. Confusion sets in, doubt sets in, fear sets in. All he had to face all of those things as he headed out obeying God. And when he began to hit some difficult points, he did what survivors do. They go in the direction of survival. Wherever he felt he could survive, that's where he went. And he would, he would go to these places. He, he, uh, lived in tents. That's what they lived in. He didn't have a permanent place. He was looking for that, and God was leading him to a permanent place. But here and there would come these situations of famine where he would be tested to see if he would stay with God or not. And Abraham, it seems, passed every single test. Amen. Even though we look at the way he did some things and we can criticize that, it wasn't godly, it wasn't right, but he was learning God. Same thing you're doing. Cut yourself some slack because you're learning God. Amen. Cut everybody else some slack because they're learning God as well. And so it's through this relationship, this covenant relationship, that God developed with Abraham, that he was able to move. We said yesterday, he moved from natural faith to supernatural or spiritual faith. And we all have to make that transition. Even though we kind of like, you know, when you first start, you, you have a need and you pray and you ask God and you sit and you wait until that, that thing comes in and then you get happy. Huh? Well, when you start, when you make that adjustment from natural faith, and even though you pray, there is a supernatural element to it. But when you think about it, your natural man is so engaged in it that you can't really call it the faith of Abraham. It's not perfected yet. Because if you need money to pay a bill, what are you doing? You're looking for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you're looking in the natural. God will have that shift to where you receive it by the spirit and you rejoice before it gets here. See, now you can tell. Now, come on, be honest. You can tell that's natural faith, the majority of it. I mean, you put that prayer out there and God receives it in the spirit. But then when it starts to be carried out, your eyeballs are so involved in it, your feelers are so, and you calling everybody, checking on the mailbox and all this, and, you know, carrying on ranting and raving if it don't come Thursday. Oh, Lord, have mercy. It's got to get here tomorrow. I'm just done. That don't sound like Abraham, who was fully persuaded. So you're being persuaded. And God loves you for even asking him. Did you realize that? He is so happy you prayed. Amen. 
And see, what messes us up, the reason he wants to get us from the natural, watching things in the natural to the spiritual, is because the spiritual is where he works. And when you trust him, you have to be able to do it without seeing, feeling, or tasting, touching anything. you got to take him at his word. And that's a whole different way of living than living in the natural. Because what happens is if you're too much involved, in the natural, what do you do before it even gets here? You plan on how to spend it. Tithe didn't even come up in the conversation. Huh? Well, I will when I get enough. That's how we all start. Come on, tell the truth. You understand what I'm saying? We give God our leftovers. And he said, look at my baby. She give me the scraps. I'm going to bless her anyway. Huh? <laughs> you know, if you had a kid that, that that you was trying to teach to wash dishes, it was food left on them and everything. You say, oh, you did good. Didn't you? Well, if ye being evil know how to do good things to encourage your children, huh? God is doing it to encourage. He wouldn't discourage us for anything. Our small efforts. Amen. And so really we stayed in, in money trouble because we we're looking in the natural and your eyeballs and your, your calculator and your brain and spend it all already before it gets here. So when it gets here, you're already in debt. Uh-huh. I'll be glad when payday care. Oh. How glad. I'd be so glad I'm going to spin that whole thing up. We don't say it like that, but our brain calculates on where it's going to go before it even gets here. And it's never on bills. And it's never, I got to take a tenth of it and give it to God. It That never comes into our little carnal minds. And God knows it. He's helping us to get to where we need to be. There's steps on the way. Amen. Now, some of you are just going down memory lane. I know many, most of us have matured beyond that, but that's just basic. We got to mature on to the real supernatural of God. So, you know, while you're patting yourself on the back that you don't do that no more, <laughs> keep living because there's more to come. Amen. There are greater challenges. We're going to have to learn how to live through the invisible realm that God lives in. We've got to totally abandon, divorce ourselves from natural living and live totally supernatural. You've got to believe stuff is coming just because God said so. Not because you feel anything, not because you got a sign, not because you got a this and a that. You're going to have to do it just because God said so. Amen. And it's totally possible with God. Amen. So so God then wants us to understand how he worked with one man to bring him to the type of faith that hoped against hope, was fully persuaded, had no doubt, had total confidence, that gave him faith to conceive even in old age. Amen. So that this faith that Abraham engaged in when he stepped into it, this faith was timeless. 
It took time. It stripped time off of everything. So when you when that happens, that means you're not dealing in your natural mind anymore at all. You're just dealing with the supernatural of God. You know, if you can have a thought and say God's going to do that and you don't have to think about how old you are, how long it's been, what you did in the past and, and what won't come because of time. When you can strip time off of it, you've stepped into the realm of the spirit where it exists in God and that's all that matters. See, time never springs up in your mind. It never becomes a factor. Your past never comes. Anything to do with the the natural realm or the carnal thinking is not a factor anymore. You know how we just factor stuff in sometimes in our understanding. We get, well, you know, this hasn't happened yet. Well, it's because so-and-so and such. You don't do that when you, the faith of Abraham does not add in anything in the natural to explain the supernatural. They have nothing to do with each other. Huh? You know, if you go to a, 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 a place to, you know, a car dealership, you want to buy a car and you want to make sure your credit, you know, you go, I sure hope they don't see that thing on my credit report. Huh? Well, if God sent you there, that doesn't exist. See? As a consideration. Amen. It might sit there and they won't see it. Or it might sit there and they won't stop them from giving you that money. You got me? Because you don't have any past. You don't have any debts. Your debts have been paid for by the blood of the cross. They've been paid supernaturally. So if God, now I'm not talking about something you make up your mind you're going to just go do. I'm talking about something where God's with you. You understand what I'm saying? The big guy. See, he comes in the door before you go in there, and he prepares the way for your success, not your failure. Amen? And so many times we have to just allow God to begin to help us to get to that point where we're ready to receive. Amen? And and that's the beauty of this faith that we've received that was delivered to us, amen, when we got born again. It's the faith that the Holy Spirit carries on the inside of us for our usage, for our success, for everything that we need. And so in order for us to work with that, we have to set aside some things that would normally be considerations and understand that they're not considerations anymore. Amen. They're just really not. All God's looking for us to do is say yes and amen to it and keep and quit you know, diddling around in our brains and, well, I would, but, you know, and it's going to be this and I I want it to be that. When you get tired of that and just say, God, I just want it. Let me just stop myself. Amen. And, and begin to focus in on what God has promised and what he says he's going to do because he will. Got to be fully persuaded. He will do what he says he's going to do. Amen. So Abraham, God, I mean, Jesus preached this Abraham brand of faith all the time. When he preached, he preached the Abraham brand, which is faith for the impossible. Even we talked about it yesterday. We preached 
in uh, the Beatitudes, uh, the fifth chapter of Matthew, and I think the fourth or fifth of Mark, he preached, blessed are people who do certain things, and they weren't possible if you dealt with your natural man. Bless those who curse you. Pray for your enemies. Forgive those who despitefully use you. Amen? If if somebody takes something from you, let him take something else again. Now listen, I'm reading. I don't know what version y'all reading, but he sets you up. So that you can learn how to forgive real good. Not just one time and feel like you did something big. But you get set up so you forgive real good. Huh? You get somebody like punching you in the cheek and you got to keep going around them and blessing them, being nice to them. You get the hang of it. This kingdom is different. Amen. He said, blessed are the merciful. They shall obtain mercy. You crying out for mercy, you go first. You do it first. So this is a kingdom that that seeks to have people do things that are not naturally comfortable for them, but it works out in the kingdom. So that becomes a key to us. You do the thing that wouldn't be normal for you to do so that you can get the greater blessing because when he's talking about being blessed he means happy all over nothing missing nothing broken everything intact the way it's supposed to be nothing wrong in your life he said if you live like this you'll be a blessed person amen and so this this kingdom then sets people up to do things differently and then you realize one important thing is that you can't do this without God. You can't do it in human power. You go around some people. I know many of us are, 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 you know, have had difficult relationships with people and stuff like that. You just try to go to them in your natural strength. It ain't that easy. Huh? You'll be nervous and, Lord, I hope they don't get to talking about so-and-so and, Well, I just go off on somebody if they get. Okay, we got it. See, that's why you need him. At the right time, he will open that door. Amen. For for reconciliation or peace to take place between you and people that have offended you. It's just the kingdom way. Most of us have gotten accustomed to it, at least a little bit by now. (laughs) Amen. It, and, and, and we understand that God will expect, but then what we, we don't take into account many times is that he's going to be your helper for it. See, when it's time to make peace with that person, you wait for God to open that door. Don't you get anxious to try and, you know what I'm saying, you, you, you let him open that door. Amen. And don't let the devil condemn you. That you're not pally, pally, friendly, friendly with somebody that's, you know, you've had a struggle with as far as things are concerned. Biggest struggle, especially if it's another Christian, somebody ain't doing what they're supposed to do. Because if there was instant forgiveness the way God is trying to train us to do. See, you don't have time to be mad at nobody. You got too much you need from God. I'm going to tell you right now. You got, you supposed to be making plans to bless everybody. 
Amen. I'm just going to be, you know, when I need something from God, I start thinking, but Lord, who do I need to go to? What do I need to do? Let me go. Let me go be friends with somebody. Let me go do something nice for somebody. Amen. And so that's just just normal for us. It's the kingdom way. So it's going to be in many ways opposite of what your natural man wants to do. So you got to have to put your natural man on hold and go check in with God and to get an understanding of how we're going to negotiate this. Amen. It, it, it's just it, you just have to do that. And you see throughout the Gospels, there were people that did this. They mastered the art of not paying attention to the natural and just focusing and zeroing in on the invisible realm, on the supernatural realm of God. And they got in there and they received what they needed from God. You got me? And that's what God wants us to do as well. He wants us to get with him and zero in on the supernatural to such a degree that we get in there and not come out without the goods. Amen. Don't come out without the blessing that you've been praying that God was going exactly the way you prayed. Amen. You don't want to to let your mind start taking pieces of it away. Oh, you know, I don't really have to have that. Well, I could do with this. And no, you can't. Stop it. Because you're diminishing God's power. What you're really saying is God can't deliver the goods to you the way you asked for it. You're letting your mind play with it, mess it up. By the time your mind gets finished taken away from it, you won't even recognize it as what you prayed for. Amen. And so we have to understand that God is working with us to help us perfect this Abraham brand of faith so that it works for us and it works in us and it works through us. So when Jesus preached this faith, he preached in Mark 10:26, with God, all things are possible. Amen. Even for a rich man to enter into the kingdom. He also said in Mark 11:23, have faith in God or 22 has, says have faith in God. The Abraham faith is faith in God's word. Your mind can go tilt looking at things in the natural and then you snap out of it. See, but you know what, God, I believe your word. I believe it's going to be just as you said. Amen. And not let your carnal mind run your life. So with God, all things are possible. Have faith in God. And this is part of how Jesus could claim to be a descendant of Abraham because he used his faith. That was a faith that was handed down to believers, period, to humanity. It was perfected at the cross and made available for everybody by faith. Amen. And so Jesus used Abraham's faith. He he was able to see the impossible preach the impossible, do the impossible. He preached a kingdom that Abraham never saw. So that adds to the power of Abraham's faith. He never saw the kingdom that he was on his way to. Amen. But he used the faith that was available through that kingdom. He used it in cooperation with God the same way we do. Amen. But it was not perfected. It was on its way to being perfected. So what Abraham left us was a faith that worked for him, but Jesus left a faith that works for all. Amen. 
he took that inheritance and added more to it. Hey, (laughs) I like this guy. Think about your children. They took what you had. You know, a lot of times parents work themselves over. I wish I'd had more of this. I would have gave my kids more of that. I wish I had some of this. I would have gave it. Listen, if they're doing half as well as you are, they made it. But to see them do better, they took the inheritance of faith that you gave them and perfected it. See, you may not have gotten all the natural results you wanted when you wanted them, just like Abraham, but you was working on it. And the evidence that you worked on it is to see how it works in them. Amen? Amen. See, that's your verification that you were living by faith. You were doing what you were supposed to do. Amen? Because now they have a faith that takes care of them. Amen? And so rejoice. You didn't do so bad. You didn't do so bad as a parent. Amen? (laughs) Go easy on yourself. You delivered the better part to them. If you didn't have a lot of material things, you delivered what was necessary. You delivered the goods to them. Amen. Sometimes it's good they don't have everything. That forces them to use their faith. Amen. They'll be getting on their knees praying when you think they out doing something else. <laughs> It'll scare you sometimes the way this faith works. Amen. But it is available to them. That's your job as a parent to make it available to them. Amen. So this was, um, yeah. So the faith of Abraham working in Jesus was evident in his obedience to God and the works that he did, the miracles he performed. All things were possible by faith as Jesus trusted and obeyed the Father. He couldn't do anything until the Father told him. That's consistent with the Abraham brand of faith. Amen. He said, the, he said, I do nothing except I see my Father do it first. Amen. So he did the will of the Father at all times. The Abraham brand, we said, was perfected at the cross, and that made it to everybody who would believe. Amen. Everybody who would believe. So Abraham crossed over from believing God for what he could see, feel, touch, and taste to believing for the invisible and the impossible. This is God's plan for all people who are in covenant with him. We've got to cross over from natural to spiritual. Amen. We've got to learn how to be comfortable depending on the invisible realm, what we cannot see. No peeking. Amen. No snooping around. Just get comfortable with the invisible realm. So where we see Abraham making his his progression uh, in Genesis chapter 13, this is where he came in with God. Amen. This is where he pretty much started. And uh, Genesis 12, actually, but in one chapter. (laughs) he gets the payoff amen he gets called by god in chapter 12 he has to sojourn in egypt this is a test when you don't have what you want and you don't have your needs met it's a test it's not the end of the world amen although we we react like that god forgives us lord Uh (laughs) uh-huh 
so he goes down to Egypt and he has a very beautiful wife. Really, she must be considering her age. There's hope for us, ladies. Amen. I mean, claim that. Pull it down now. Hey, that's mine. Got it. <laughs> right. Have all these young dudes hitting on you and stuff. She must be extremely beautiful because they start talking about her. And before you knew it, she was in the palace. Come on, y'all read this thing. See, y'all read everything but the. How come I got to read the juicy part and then tell y'all, y'all look at me like I'm like reading something wrong? Huh? I look at stuff like that. Seriously? I used to say years ago, I said, all I ever attract is old men and little boys. Was never somebody in my age group. You understand what I'm saying? But, but Sarah attracted royalty. Hey! She was a real queen. She wasn't one of these Facebook queens. Huh? See, that was God giving her a foretaste of where she would eventually wind up. He said she's, she'll be the mother of kings and princes. If you the mama, the king and the prince, where are you supposed to be? In the palace. Explain everything. Huh? That's why she always wound up there. She wasn't chop change, y'all. I don't know what God put on her. I wish they put it in a bottle. I would buy some. <laughs> Got it again. Huh? True. You want that? Are you kidding me? But she was loyal to her husband. Amen. She was faithful to him. This is how God preserves us, ladies. Amen. You don't jump ship just because something something new comes along. Learn how to stay in the boat. I wouldn't be jumping nothing. Amen. And God delivered them every single time. Amen. The the ruler of Egypt was so glad to get the problem people out of his country that he paid them off. He gave them everything they was. What you want, Abraham? I'm pay you. I've, I've offended you through your wife. I need to make restitution. Amen. Verse thirteen, we see verse one. Thirteen, verse one. Abraham went up out of Egypt. He, his wife. All that he had lot with him to the south, <clears throat> and Abraham was very rich after making a mistake. Ow! Oh! oh, Pastor Barb, don't tell me. <laughs> that just wrecks all my theology. All oh, your religion. You need to get rid of that religious devil. Listen, if God couldn't prosper people when they make mistakes, none of us would be here. Excuse me? None of you got here by your good works, and we ain't staying by our good works either. We stand through forgiveness. 
through the blood. It was an innocent mistake. There was no law then. There was no Ten Commandments. He's just living by whatever he lived by. And he lived by playing this game. When he got under pressure, he just disconnected from his wife. You my sister until the heat is off. How? <laughs> he was very rich. So he knew God would take care of him in the natural. He also knew God would defend him and everything that he had. He knew God as his shield, his exceeding great reward. See, all this knowledge of God that we get is important. Because it's like this. Well, God, after you've given me everything I need in the natural, what's next? The supernatural. There's always something that comes next. Amen. It's always with God, there's always something next. Because we're never totally perfected in him. Amen. So we see him giving his wife away there. And in chapter 17, we see some growth and we see some development. And then God appears to him when he's 90 and 9 and God tells him, walk before me and be perfect. The way to perfection The way to maturity, the way to growth in faith is to walk hand in hand with God. Not your list of seven steps to get your prayers answered. Not your many tapes that you have of certain people that really you think you really like. Because they just tell you what you want to hear. What you need to do is listen to some of them people. You turn them off because they make you angry. Because they challenge you. See, your faith has to be challenged before it will be any good for you. So you're going to listen to some people who will tell you some things like, hmm, you know what, you need to spend more time. You need to study the word. You need to take time and focus and meditate on the word. Instead of just playing background tapes, you know, they just, after a while, you listen to some stuff so much, it just fades in the background. You don't focus and attend to it. We have to pay attention to stuff. Because, listen, if you don't attend to the word of God, you can pay attention to something else. So your focus will be on something that won't benefit you. Instead of just saying, you know what, God, I'm going to shut everything off. I'm going to really listen to this. And I'm going to get this. I'm going to get being able to pray for people and, and pain instantly leave them. Or curse cancer and know within myself that it's dead and it won't kill them. Amen. I'm going to get there, God. See, that's where the faith of the Son of God is really taking us. It's taking us to places that we think aren't important for us to be there. But they are your destination. They're my destination. They're the destination of all. That was the destination of the early church. If they did it, we're supposed to do it. And and some people have prophesied even more. Amen? Opening blinded eyes. What's wrong with that? It's something to do. 
But see, we want to say, God, use me, God, use me. But number one, we kind of don't know how this happens, but it's all around us evidence of how it happens. We just don't want to go in that door. We won't play around outside. Ooh, I felt something. You got to know what that something is. It wasn't something that was someone. You got to know what someone wants to do when he comes up in your grill. Amen. And you got to go along with it. So that means walk before me and be thou perfect. That's what that means. Get closer and closer and closer to God. And I'm not talking about through your worship and praise. But shut everything down. Give him kingly attention. Roll the red carpet out for him. Let him have his way. Don't say anything until he says something. Or begin to meditate on a scripture that you've skimmed over, read it a hundred times. Well, a hundred and one, maybe you'll get it. Amen. Or get a piece of it. That's what God does is give you a piece of it and then you have to go the rest of the way. Amen. You got to, it's, it's, Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little bit, there a little, that's how it works. We don't get everything all at once. We want to because this method of living stretches us. And nobody likes being stretched. Amen? It's uncomfortable. That's called why it's called stretch. Hello? Hint, hint. You got it? Right. So and and it makes us dependent on God. You know, when you're stretched, you have this sense of almost being abandoned. It's like there's nothing familiar out there, but you know you got to get this because there's more coming. But you got to get this right here, and you got to continue to nurse this and nurture this until it begins to bear fruit for you. Because inside your spirit, man, you know there's something there that you need. And you gotta grab onto it. You gotta get it. Amen? So, so, <clears throat> Abraham crossed over from believing God for what he can see and feel and touch to believing him for the impossible. We see here in, cha- in chapter 17 that God promises for sure to give them him a son through Sarah. Amen? He says in verse 15, and God said to Abraham, As for Sarah, your wife. Now, until this time, Abraham was receiving the promise of God for himself and not for him and her. He figured she couldn't be considered because she's never been able to bear children. It didn't dawn on him that maybe God was reserving her fertility for a certain time when it was it was more in line with God's vision for them than for their vision for themselves. See, when God promises promises us something, part of us just wants it to get it over with. I don't want to keep praying for that. I don't want to keep believing. Oh boy, here this is again. I thought I was over this. I think I don't want to. No. Your flesh recoils to the demand of the spirit. So 
Like, oh boy, how long is this going to take? Well, God, the last time we did something together, it just about killed me. Took me through all kinds of changes. Amen. So he lets us go on and on and on like that. He goes away while you carry on. You think he's sitting up listening to that. I got news for you. Amen. God brings Abraham into covenant with him. Very important step. The shedding of blood is very important. Now, prior to this, God held Abraham in covenant by um, um, a process that he did where he split, had Abraham split some animals, bring a sacrifice, split them, but he put Abraham to sleep. And he began to prophesy over him and began to talk about some things that would happen in Abraham's future. Do you remember that? He said, your children will be slaves in Egypt for X number of years. Well, Abraham was asleep when that was said. His spirit knew it, but his conscious man did not. Amen. He never spoke of it. So there's no evidence he heard, but God prophesied that over him. Just like he did me, you, and everybody else. Before we got here, we'd been prophesied over already. Everything that you're doing now was foretold by God. It's inside of you. That's how you're able to cooperate with it. Because it's already inside of you. Amen? So you've got a witness already on the inside of you of what your future is. That's why sometimes people say things when you give them a prophecy. Oh, it was just a confirmation. You, you play, you think a confirmation's cheap? Some people wait forever. You can't move until it's confirmed. I double dog dare you to. Amen. You don't have enough faith to before it's confirmed. Abraham didn't. Excuse me. Every time God comes and talks to him, he tells him the same thing over and over and over again. It never changes. Thank God it doesn't change. That's how you know it's God. I'm going to give you children. They're going to be as numerous as sand. Look up and see your kids. Look down and see your kids. That's how many you're going to have, Abraham. I'm going to give you those children. I promise you. I'm going to take you to a land that you haven't gotten to yet. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be marvelous. Yada, yada. It's the same thing over and over again. So if Abraham needed confirmation and we're using his faith, we need it too. But really, when you get a prophecy, the reason it sounds like you've heard it before, it's because you have. You just weren't awake and alive when it was spoken over you. God put that in you before from the foundation of the earth. He spoke prophet Barb. That's who you're going to be identified as all the days of your life. Even when you get to heaven, you'll be a prophet. Good. Maybe they'll stop going to sleep on me. No, I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. Wake up. I wouldn't have to say those things if you stay awake. But <laughs> or maybe my prophet. I wouldn't use street words when I preach. When I get up there, I'll have nicer words to use. Amen. It's all good. But these things are in us, folks. That's how they come to reality. 
is it's spoken in your natural hearing now and it's already in your spirit and so you process it until it's manifestation amen when you're a prophet you should go in the word and be able to see things that you can do that prophets did oh okay i can do that that's that's not me up here saying like me i can do it myself your spirit man is seeing what you can do amen i i am not a singer y'all know that i don't have to tell y'all that but i i sing the song of the lord you better listen and it blesses people I don't have time to train a voice for singing. God never gives me the inclination. I've tried to ask him to. Amen. Well, he said, no, you go out there and do. And I've asked him, I said, why don't you give this, this song to somebody who can sing? He said, because I don't want nobody singing it. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So we can't argue with those things. Amen. When we start doing prophetic dance, I wanted to dance even when I was a kid. I had bad knees. I was born with bad knees. I would start moving around and poop hit the floor. You understand what I'm saying? So I was never able to do that. But then when we had ministry here, I was looking for dance ministry. And the Lord said, uh, the way you're looking, you do it. But God, I'm this, I'm that, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not going to get up there and dance, but I sure didn't instruct the girls how to. Amen? And they ministered and danced. These things you see that your office calls for to do. And you do those things by unction of the Spirit of God. Amen? Under the anointing, I'll pretty much try anything if it's going to bring glory to God. I don't have to be trained in it. I don't have to think I know how to do it. I don't have to practice. But if the unction comes upon me, I free myself up to be able to follow the unction. That's how ministry develops. You see yourself laying hands on the sick and they recover. Everybody who's a believer that's baptized in the Holy Ghost ought to see themselves praying for the sick and they getting better and not dropping dead. Huh? It's already been prophesied over us, folks. It's in us already. God's just helping us develop the faith to bring it to pass. So I say that to say this. There's no stopping what you can do in this kingdom. I mean, real kingdom things. I'm not talking about uh take the limits off God and everybody's thinking about money and nobody's thinking about doing nothing for nobody. And the same take the limits people off, never get any money. Right. They just talk a good game. Amen. And those of us who know better don't listen to them. Kingdom is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy. If it were meat and drink, Abraham would have stopped at being very rich and say, God's done everything he's supposed to do for me. Somebody say amen or stop or quit or let's go eat lunch or whatever you want to. No? It's true. So. 
the natural side is a given. should be given that God's going to take care of us. Amen. But he wants us to focus now on his end of what he thinks kingdom is all about. He's he's helping us to live in the natural and taking care of us to free us up to work for him and do kingdom things. There's other people out here that he wants to come into the kingdom, and we're the key to that. There are people who are sick that need the healer to come and visit them, and that's what we're here for. That takes some work and some effort and some time to get to understand and perfect those things. And so as as we start out with God, we start out where Abraham left off. Abraham left off believing God for the impossible. So here in, in Genesis chapter 17, he tells Abram, he says, he says, I'm going to bring you in the covenant with me. Now, I have a covenant with you, but you're going to have one with me. So it's going to work. So to I want to work it out so that you and all the people I assign you to bring in the covenant with me can live under my protection and under my blessings and my benefits. So instead of just Abraham having a relationship with God, now everybody in his household and all his descendants. So now the blessing is falling on all the descendants of Abraham, too, through circumcision. So God tells him, he says, I need a token from everybody in the house that I'm going to take care of. So Abraham snips the foreskin of the flesh of every male in that house, servants, children, descendants, everybody. And that brings them under the covenant protection of God, which means that everything Abraham has, they can have. Everything that he believes, they can believe. They they are brought under that umbrella of God's knowledge and his protection. So he has him. Uh, uh, circumcise everybody, he says in, in, uh, let me see. Verse 14, he tells him to sit 13. Everybody that's born in your house, everybody that's bought with money needs to be circumcised. My covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. All your descendants for an everlasting covenant. The uncircumcised man child whose flesh of his forehead is not circumcised will be cut off from his people. So you're either in or you're out by circumcision. And God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah, because I will be with her. When God changed their names, he put his name in their names. So you and I are one now, Abraham. Sarah and I are one. I've honored her as well. And I will bless her and give you a son also from her. Huh? Yes. I will bless her and she shall be the mother of nations. Kings and people shall come from her. That's why she keep winding up some king wants her to be his wife. They see her potential and Abraham still calling her his sister. Abraham's eyes had to be open to who he was married to. 
Even those sinners could see something was different about this woman. Huh? You say you how old? You kidding me? You couldn't? No. Let me oh, come here. Let me show you to somebody. So she finally waits her way up to the palace because she's unusual and unique. Amen. And so he says, kings of people shall come from her. And Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born to him that is a 100 years old? And Sarah, who is 90, shall she bear? And Abraham said to go, God, oh, please, God, please don't do this to me. Don't make me believe you for something this impossible. And don't act like we ain't guilty. Huh? The minute you start thinking about, oh, boy, this ain't going to be easy. I thought I could just rebuke a little pain and get up and walk, but I see this might take some time. Huh? What's going to happen? Am I going to be in pain every day? Am I going to be able to do this? Amen. Does anybody believe God for something really impossible? You know, health-wise, whatever-wise it is, it's like, man, you mean to tell me? Oh. And see, in you is the desire for supernatural healing. If it's health, you, you, you want that. You're just scared because you don't know how long you can hang with it. How long it's going to take. You, you're over here at point A and you think your healing is point Z and you got to go all through the alphabet to get there. I mean, that's how wide the gulf seems to be with us when we first begin to believe. When you first begin to believe anything that you don't have yet and you can't see, you don't know how long. That's the main thing we think about. How long is it going to take? Am I going to be too old to enjoy it? That's what Sarah was thinking. You know, you want to be kicking it and enjoying everything and getting everything God's got too. Well, it ain't going to happen. We're going to have to pay the price for it. It takes as long as you keep putting it off. Once you get the square one, the concern from time somehow disappears. Come on now. When you start to engage your faith the first time, you feel like you have it already. Because you do. You believe you received it when you pray. Amen. So there's there's a little something there to nibble on. That's your first nibble of your answer, of your manifestation, of your promise. When you first step into the arena of faith. Before you step into the arena, there's nobody in the, in the ring but the devil in your promise. Introducing the champion devil of the world. Coming to steal all your good, your joy, your everything. And he steps in there dancing around and, yeah, come on, try to get it if you can. It's your healing over. You want your healing? Come get, you ain't gonna get this. Look at how bad you've been. You ain't done this, you done that, you done that, you done that. And then you step in the ring with your faith. 
And he said, ow, I can't stand this. Go away. Huh? You resist him and he flees. Say, devil, you can't have it. In fact, you don't say nothing. You just stand in the ring and say, I believe I received it already. And the devil drops it. He ain't got it no more. So you, you, you're in, you're in step one. You've received it already. The devil comes back and tells you, you ain't got it because you did this, that, and the other. No, devil, I got it. I believed I received it when I prayed. Then he goes back to God. He said, this is too easy for that one. Well, God said, oh, okay, that's fine. And your symptoms get worse. Anybody ever been there? Oh, oh God, how'd this happen? It's not supposed to get worse. It's supposed to get better. It just appears worse. Looks like it's worse. And that's what you get for looking in the natural. You're going to always get something worse. Just keep snooping around. You're going to find something that don't look right. Huh? You will. You get up every morning, inspect every inch of your body, and was checking it to see how it feels. Is this deal here? Is that deal here? Is it, uh, cut it out. you got to trust that he's working in the invisible. See, there's something that happened to Abraham that has to happen to us. We've got to go from this thing right here. He's like, please let Ishmael live. My wife is old. I'm old. I just know that. I really, yo, oh, please don't. I don't want to live 70, 80, and 90 again. <laughs> That's the way we think. Oh, I don't want to be in my 20s no more. I feel sorry for these young people. You under, we think that way. You understand what I'm saying? And so, so we just don't want to, we don't want to think about what all that means. And God knows it. And he doesn't want us to think about it. He wants to think, us to think about what he's telling us he's going to do. And so Abraham said to God in verse 18, um, that Ishmael might live before you. In other words, let him inherit and forget about what you promised me. Because that's too hard. That's when you go to the doctor and think you can live off pills all the time. And the doctor tells you, I don't know why these pills aren't working. Because you need to check in with your faith. You have faith that works better than pills. Huh? Keep working your faith. Even if you feel like you have to take pills. You know, it's no condemnation here. Folks, come on now. And God said, Sarah, your wife will bear you a son indeed. In other words, I ain't taking it back, Abraham. And I got a name for him already. Because you laugh, that's what you're going to call him. Huh? He says, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. Same promise over and over and over again. God never changes. By his stripes, you are healed. You were healed. You are healed. It never changes. You're not going to be healed by any other method, but by his stripes. Amen. Already paid for. He says, Ishmael, he said, I've heard you. He said, I blessed him. I take care of your kids, Abraham. Got me? 
I have a life set aside for him, but not the one I promised you that I would give you. Because I want to give you something different. I want to give you something that you can't do yourself. It's going to be too hard. No, just hide and watch. Just cooperate with me. Amen. Why is it whenever we God tells us he's going to do it, we think it's hard for us? Huh? Oh, no, please don't know. <laughs> his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Okay. He does the heavy lifting. All you got to do is sit down and read your word and listen to what he tells you, how he guides you, how he helps you. He helps you to understand him and have faith in him alone. Amen. So God built a faith relationship with Abraham. He took care of all of his needs while always promising more in the spiritual realm. Those descendants were in the spiritual realm, folks. They weren't real children yet. So the promise was way out there in the spirit. That's why he would tell Abraham, pack up and go where I tell you to go. It's walking in the spirit. Come on now. We don't know anything about that place, but yet we can abide there as long as we focus on what God gives us to focus on there. And he says there, the many descendants were a spiritual promise, number one, because it included healing barrenness, which took a miracle, bringing back to life bodies that were not capable of conceiving. That included Abraham's body as well. So Abraham wanted the spiritual. See, that's where we live. We want the spiritual. We're just scared it's going to cost us too much. We want it cheap. We want it easy, and we want it while we can watch reruns of HGTV all day long or whatever. I'll have to put some stuff down, y'all. Come on now. So he wanted the spiritual because it remi- he reminded God of it. In Genesis 15.3, he says, he Abraham said, you've given me no son yet. What what am I going to do? I'm going to have to leave all my stuff to this heathen that works for me. Since you got to give me some kids. Amen. You ever gone to God and say, how come I'm not healed yet? I have. And see, we're told by faith, people, that that's a sign of unbelief. Well, that's where I am. That's why I'm asking. I mean, like, unbelief is so unheard of. Oh, give me another sip of my mint julep. Somebody's got unbelief in here. We need to cut the nonsense and just be real with God. You want to know why the goods ain't show? I tell you what, if FedEx tells you they're going to deliver a package to you on Wednesday, you on the horn calling them and telling them they didn't get here yet. Huh? Anybody who wants anything will ask God why. Huh? Most times is that we've gotten over in the flesh, but you got to figure that out and realize that's what's got happening. Sometimes God will add some things to what you need to do. But for the most part, you need to stay focused on what he said. 
Amen. So the spiritual must wait until the natural strength is gone. That's why Abraham and Sarah waited. They was full of shenanigans and, you know, things that they could do. Sarah says, okay, if you're supposed to have kids, maybe it's with her. You know, take her. Abraham said, okay, well, you know, let's, let's get, get the job done. We don't focus in on all that the promise entails that's going to happen in our lives if we get it God's way. See, very few people will tell you they're thankful they did it God's way. Huh? But they should be. That should be the most that they get from it. After a while, the promise is like, well, I've dreamed it so long. I've tasted it. I've examined it. I'm, you know, I've rejoiced over it. And it, when it didn't come, amen. So there's something about doing it God's way that has to be the biggest payoff for us and not the thing that we're asking him for. It's the way. We we need to, the whole key to kingdom is understanding God's ways in doing, not God's stuff, his ways. Amen? So So the spiritual must wait until natural strength is gone. So Abraham and Sarah just kind of have run out of ideas and, and resigned themselves to the fact that they were out of hope and that Ishmael was going to be it. Amen? So God wanted... Um, this promise to happen so he waits us out until we're done with our natural plans does it all the time wait you out until you you know kind of resign yourself well I'm tired that's a good place to be because then it forces you to trust God if you're going to get it the day you say you're tired God will remind you well what about so and so that I told you (laughs) ah I know let Ishmael live, please. No, I'm melting. Don't give me something like that. Huh? We all want it easy. That's how a lot of times, you know, the older saints that didn't want to come to church and when they were young and ran here and ran there, now all of a sudden they want to settle down and pray for everybody. Because God just waited them out. Until their natural energy was gone. Their interest in shenanigans and foolishness and skullduggery was over. They can't kick it no more with their crew. You understand what I'm saying? Then he waits people out. He did it with them. He'll do it with us. The blessing is, though, we don't have to wait. We can relinquish the flesh. We can relinquish what we want to do. We can relinquish. We can die to our plans. And let him raise us up in supernatural power. But we got to let the process happen. So he waited him out. He told Abraham this about Sarah. He said, I haven't forgotten her. Remember, Sarah, your wife? God's plan is the family plan, always. He intends to bring everybody along in this salvation and in the blessing. He includes everybody we love. Even your pets, your servants, your friends, amen, everybody. He doesn't leave anybody out. So at age 99 and 90, this couple conceives. How did they do it? They quit 
being concerned about substituting something natural for something spiritual. Can this work? Can that work? Can this work? Should I take this uh uh with them supplements they have and then berries now? It's in the spinach and the kale and the do I do that stuff or can I just trust you to bless what I put in my body and I'll be healthy? Oh, oh. I'll die without my kale drink. Well, you know, you can have it too, but don't put your faith in it. You know, put your faith in the word. There is no substitute for faith in God. There just isn't. Amen. So he had to, they had to believe God to restore old body parts, open a barren womb, give strength to the weak, and bring joy in old age. Those were the considerations that they spoke. Abraham, Sarah said, am I going to have joy in giving birth in my old age? I mean, people, everybody thinks like that. Amen? And so after they get finished processing, their fears, their concerns and everything, then God visits them just like he told them he would at a set time. There is a set time for everything, and it takes into consideration our weaknesses, our fears. How long is it going to take for me to prove to Abraham that I'm going to take care of him? took him about 12 years to do that. It took him 12 years to fulfill Abraham's expectations of God in the natural so he could switch him over to the supernatural. You and I start in the supernatural. We start in the impossible. For you to get saved and for me to get saved was impossible. And definitely for Chuck. (laughs) Messing with you, Chuck. You know what I'm saying. It is impossible. How you one day you chasing this, that, and the other, and then the next day you in church and you crying and you love God so much you don't want the service to end. Huh? When before if anybody asked you to go to church, you was nervous through the whole thing. Sure. So we start out conquering the impossible. Your first saving faith conquers impossible things in your life, conquers everything. So Abraham believed in God's ability. God's got to do this, and I believe him. He keeps talking about us having children. And here all these years, I thought he meant me and somebody else, and I thought Ishmael was it. Now I realize Abraham rejoiced inside of himself to find out that God had perfection for him because he loved Sarah. He was married to her, never left her. He loved her. He just didn't have the tools to be able to make everything God said work for them and show her honor as well. So whenever you have a situation, you don't know how to put all the pieces together. You need God's input. You need his wisdom. You need his word to fit all that together for you so that it works. God makes your life work. 
He makes everything that you desire and he's promised you, he makes it come to pass in its season at the time it's going to work for you. For him to be premature in any of this means we get a chance to mess it up again. And if he were to give it to us just to get us out of our anxiety fit, instead of giving it to us legitimately when our faith is developed, which means he brings it in and it's kind of got to be watched and be on life support. Because it's coming into a situation where the faith is not complete. It's not strong faith. He wants to get us to the point where we don't waver and stagger when we think about what God has to do to bring it to pass. I don't care what it is. You've got to get beyond the nervous aspect of it, and he will get you there. You can't get there without God. He has the perfect scripture to take care of your nervous self. Huh? He has a perfect revelation to give you understanding that he can do it in spite of what you've done to mess it up. Amen. He'll give you all of that. But you've got to go into this place where you relinquish and let go of all of that. I'm tired. I don't want to do it any, any more in the natural. I want this to be to be my promise. I want it to go like this. You got to let all that go. And then you pick up God and find out what he really wants for you. So Abraham had to judge God. No, Sarah judged God faithful. She looked at God and said, you've done all this, 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 and this, and you're still here. You're not going to quit on us. She didn't look back over her life and see it wasn't perfect, and her husband either. But she still believed that God would use them and do what he said he was he was going to do. Faith becomes active and as real as it's ever going to get when you realize how helpless, hopeless, and weak you are to qualify for it any other way. You've got to believe. You can't think it's my good behavior. You can't sow your way into a miracle. you got to believe your way into a miracle. Amen? you got to believe God will just keep his word. God, you're doing it because you said you're going to do it. And you're not a man that you should lie. You've been telling me this over and over and over again. The gifts and the calling are without repentance. You don't uncall people once you call them. And if you didn't call them, you don't think twice and call them later. You're called from the foundation. Everything that you own is laid up from you for you years ago. He's just waiting for us to get the understanding that it's there already. We got to trust it's there when we don't see anything. You go snooping around in the spirit. You, as my mother said, you draw back a nub. <laughs> if it ain't for you today, you don't get it. Amen. But you have a knowing that it's there. That's his mercy. He doesn't leave us totally helpless. We're going to get everything but it before it's time. Amen. We're going to get it'll be here and it'll be on time and it'll come. and It'll be a blessing. Abraham and Sarah never regretted one minute that they continued to follow God. It doesn't say anything in the word about, oh, they were sure sorry they ever got Isaac. No, they laughed every time they said, can you believe this boy? (laughs) Amen. She judged God faithful. 
we know you when you judge God faithful, that means he does it in spite of what you do. Not because of what you do. See, you can do your good works, you can behave, you can do your good deeds, but you still got to use your faith. You got to judge him faithful. You got to judge him the one who does everything. Amen. I mean, that's all good and you're supposed to. But don't ever get it twisted and think this, that's earning you something, some credits with God. It's not. You're doing the minimum. Amen. The Bible says that's your reasonable service. Amen. It's for, to present your body a living sacrifice. And most of us ain't, ain't presenting nothing. We just doing stuff on the fly and hoping it works. <laughs> so we don't get, before we get caught. Amen. So, so we gotta believe God, folks. But we cut the shenanigans, the hoopla, the ne'er-do-well stuff, mis- malfeasance, malpractice, maldoing. We just cut it all out and trust God. He says, just take him at his word. At the end of the day, all of your works and all of your trying and all of your sweating and all of your everything, just lay yourself down and say, God, I still believe your word. After trying to make it happen all day long. I believe your word. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding that comes with your holy word. Lord, we bless you. We thank you. We honor you. We lift you up, Lord, and magnify you. You're worthy to be praised. You're worthy to be praised. You're worthy, worthy, worthy to be praised. You're worthy to be adored, glorified, magnified. You're highly exalted and high and lifted up above all gods. And we thank you. We love you, Lord. We magnify you. Lord, we thank you so much that we are a work in progress. That means that the better days are ahead, that our latter will be greater than at our beginning. Father, we started out very small and we see ourselves enlarged in you as we walk with you. We take on your greatness. We take on your goodness. We take on your mercy. We take on your love. And we take on your health and wholeness and soundness in every area of our lives, including our bodies, our minds, our futures, are solid and sound in you. And we thank you for that, Lord. We bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll prayer for you.